talked about. We're talking about a vision that we are going to have or accumulate in the next month or so. I think I talked to you about in January, we're going to have two weeks of regular class and then a four-week period in the middle where we're going to break out into sessions and talk about some of the things that we've been talking about in here. Every class is doing the same thing, and they've taken notes, and we are getting quite a list of notes. And we're going to have breakout sessions for four-week periods starting the third week in January, going through the second week of February, and then we'll cap that off with two more weeks of what we started the first two weeks in January. I know it's confusing, but it will all unfold itself as we get there. So some exciting things. All I have heard from the different classes and, and from the different elders that have worked in those classes is that this has been a very positive thing, that people are really opening up. Well, today is the time that we really get to look to the future. And we're going to start off with a scripture reading in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 through 18. 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 through 18. It says, finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. We could stop right there and not even have to say another word, and that covers just about everything that we need to do, right? Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessings, because this, because to this, you are called so that you may inherit a blessing yourself. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better, if it is God's will, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. Great words coming from the book of Peter. And a lot of things for us to digest if you just look at the scripture. Because a lot of instruction was given to us there. Primarily the instruction was to do what? To be good to do what is right, to stay away from evil things, and that God will bless us. It says here that I'm supposed to use a whiteboard and 
we have a graphic, but I'm going to have uh, Ronnie and them put that graphic up over here, and hopefully most of you can see that, but it's a circle graph. Most of you know that I retired from teaching a few years ago, and this was a big thing in teaching was to use circle graphs. We went through a period of time where you had to put a graph up for everything. I hate circle graphs. I'll be honest with you. I hate grafting because I get confused when I start drawing circles and I forget where I'm at. But this circle graph represents what we're going to talk about today, and there's three areas. Local, predicament, creative potential, and apostolic spirit. And we're going to look at each of those circles separately, and each one of them have different questions associated with them. But then what we're really wanting to focus on is that little area in the middle that says, what's your part? Because that's where we come in. Out of those three big circles, we're that little circle in the middle that says, what's your part? And that's what we're after here in San Angelo, here at Johnson Street, here at this congregation. What are we doing? What is our part? So we're going to start off asking some questions, and I want you to be honest. What do you find unique about San Angelo? What does San Angelo have that nobody else has? Okay, next question. No. What is unique about here? We're very generous in this area. Texans are largely known for, for generosity, but in San Angelo, we seem very generous. What else? People know each other. Yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? You know, being in the coaching profession, I go out and I have ex-students and ex-players everywhere, and they'll spot you. I can't remember who they are, but they remember you, and they'll come up and speak. And if I'm with my sister, it's even worse. We're pretty diverse. We got oil, we got agriculture, we got Air Force Base, we got health institutions, we got ASU, all of that different communities that uh, interact together. Exactly. All within this one area. And San Angelo, if you look on a map, is really kind of hard to get to. There's not an interstate that comes through here, but yet all these different cultures and, and areas come together in this one place. Agriculture, the base, Angelo State. We have a very strong medical community here. Hospitals and doctors have come here. That makes us kind of unique. What else do we have that's unique in San Angelo? Lots of houses of worship. There are a very heavy church presence here, right? Almost one on every corner. Yes, Goodfell Air Force Base is a powerful influence here. And right next door to us is a powerful influence here. Fort Concho and the history of it. I was a history teacher for years, and we talked about Fort Concho, but that draws a lot of people to San Angelo. A lot of retirement centers. San Angelo is fast becoming known as a retirement area. Our lakes. Our lakes. We have water in the, 
at, at the start of the desert. And we have several lakes around here with rivers that come here. And this year we've been blessed with abundant rainfall. So therefore... Our people and how friendly. And like Ed said, we have several different cultural influences here. Hispanic, white, Asian, they are African American. They all come together right here. No, ma'am. I would never leave you out, Shirley. She's our Asian in I mean our African <laughs> I'm just teasing. But they all come together here and they all live in this community and they all live together. What a neat place to be when you sit and think about it. You know, when Scott came here, when we uh, recruited Scott to come here and he decided to take the job, this is what he wanted for his family. He was living in the Metroplex area and he was very worried about his children growing up in that setting and not having what we have here because of the things that we've mentioned today. He wanted his children to know the people that they went to church with and to fellowship with them outside these walls. And that's not, that doesn't happen everywhere. You know, I've been in San Angelo since 1973, so I'm not familiar with what other places do a lot because I've been here since I was in the 10th grade. And I've never gone to another church other than this one that is Church of Christ. This is where I grew up. Well, we started at 9th and Main and went there a couple of years and then came here. But really, this is the only example I have of what church life is. So when I go into other places and see other people and they're not very friendly or they don't say the things, I go, wow, that's very different than what I'm used to. That's not what it's about. What kind of city are we? If you were to call San Angelo a city, and what kind of city are we known for? We've said friendly. What else? Generosity. It's a fairly what? Safe city. Fairly safe. Yeah. We have crime, and, uh, but it's not near like other people have. You know, when I, when I traveled around coaching, people always knew San Angelo for one thing. They said, you can buy, eat the best food in San Angelo. Said, we have a diverse restaurant. But they always like coming to here to eat. I thought that was strange that we're known for eating establishments. A lot of those old-timey eating establishments are going away, aren't they? And the fast food places are taking their place. And what a shame. We're also known, believe it or not, for our shopping. People come here to shop. I don't know why. Seems like every time we want to shop, we go somewhere else. But people come here to shop. And we spoke about the doctors and things. We've talked about our makeup a little bit. And in our local predicament, what are the unique needs and opportunities where God has placed us? With all these diverse things that we've talked about, what are some unique things that God has placed us here that we're able to do? Well, I know for sure 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a unique situation that we have. Of course, several people in, in bigger towns may have a jail ministry. How many people in other towns do you know have a rust street or a turning point or a college sitting right next to their church? Those are very unique situations, aren't they? They are things, some of that is what we have uh, established ourselves, and we have stolen from other people, but yet that makes us somewhat unique. Yes. A recovery-friendly community because of the different areas we have that we do that with. And I think we're known for that, not only here at Johnson Street, but here in San Angelo. People feel safe to come here and recoup. Very much so. You can't hardly go out without seeing air men and women serving our community in different capacities. They stand on street corners. They buy toys for children for Christmas. They uh, volunteer in our schools. They're everywhere and very much an influence in our community. I saw another hand somewhere. Yeah. And you know, a lot of congregations are getting away from that, but we have a thriving World Bible School here. So we have some unique opportunities, don't we? And because of where we're at and because God has placed us here, he has opened the doors to some things that you're not privy to in other places. And we sit back and we say, I've got nothing I can do. You're not looking very hard. The second area is creative potential. What assets do we have to work with in our congregation? What are some of our assets just right here in this congregation? We have a lot of teachers here, right? Look around and see how many people are involved in education, whether it be in public education or at the college or teaching Bible classes, teaching Sunshine School. We have a lot of educators here. What else do we have? We have a lot of doctors, don't we? People involved in the medical field. I think we're blessed with different areas of that. Ear, nose, and throat. Uh, uh, child uh, pediatrics. <laughs> Pediatrician, I couldn't think of the name. We have Elisa Brantley and her, her area of expertise. We have dentists that go here. What else do we have? Counselors. We are blessed with a lot of counselors. We have a full-time counselor that works in our office, that works in our office as one of our ministers. 
That is such a blessing to have Brian that sits there. I know that Brian Jarvis and some of those also do a lot of counseling over at Rush Street. So we have that available to people. When God brings all of us together, and if you look at Johnson Street as a whole, what has God assimilated here? What has he put together here? Is there anything that we cannot do? We're a big family. And parts of that family has many different talents. And that's powerful. Each one of us in this room has different talents and different abilities. And God has put us together here to sit on those talents and not do anything with them or to share them with those that we we meet. Is that what Johnson Street stands for? Are we a congregation? Are we a church community that shares our talents with those that are outside of us? The third part, apostolic spirit. This is kind of foreign to some of us because we don't fully grasp what that means. What that basically means is, what is it that excites us? What pushes your button in the religious side of your, in in the faithful side of your body that really gets you excited? What are you excited about? What do you wish we were doing that we're not doing? Yes. There may be a system already in place that I'm not aware of. Mm-hmm. When you talk about what's required, I think it's important for us just to feel as family that there is contact among them. And there needs to be some kind of monitoring system to make sure that every member is, is, is contacted. You, you know, say you have a group of the I'm responsible for contacting four or five people in a week. Yes. Contacting people and monitoring every four or five people in the entity as to whether they what their needs are, whether they're sick or their death depends, things like that. Otherwise, some people fall through the cracks, and I think it's important that we don't allow our members to fall through the cracks. And I also, I don't know if if you ever contact Chamber of Commerce or uh, utilities companies for newcomers or moving in, where we could could reach out to these people and provide them with, say, a map of where the job center for the job field was. Mm-hmm. I don't know if something like that has been developed or not. I don't either, to be honest with you. I know we do do some of those things. But what Don is basically saying is that we need a better accountability system set up so that everyone knows what everybody else is doing and what our needs are. If we know of a need in San Angelo, if we know of a need here at Johnson Street, We're on it in a second, and we come together. But there are a lot of needs out there that never get brought to our attention, that we never, you know, very seldom does this happen, but it does happen because we have a lot of volunteers at at the hospitals, but very seldom does one of our members end up in the hospital that we don't know about. But it does happen. And when that happens, we normally get a call 
some days later from one of their family members going, Mom was in the hospital and y'all didn't even, didn't even go see her. And we went, we didn't even know she was there. We have to be accountable for each other, right? I mean, there are responsibilities on both sides. And I appreciate that, Don, because that is one of the, you know, there were certain things through this when the elders and staff did it that jumped out at us. And that was one of them. What else? What particular focus most energizes and animates our leadership? What, what do we focus on here? It's obvious we put a lot of focus on Rush Street, right? It's obvious we have put a lot of focus on Campus Center because we're, we've got a, a, a big project going on down there. What else is our focus? What needs to be our focus? Children and young families. Did somebody say something over here? Oh, yeah. One of the things that we feel like here at this church that we have lacked in was a family ministry. We've touched on college. We've touched on family ministry. Elderly ministry. What else? Where are we missing the mark? You know, when I first started going to a church with my wife and started coming to the Church of Christ, one thing that stood out to me was Wednesday nights and Sunday nights were big times. There were people there all the time. That's not so much the case anymore. Sunday night, we have a small group that meets here that uh, we do a specific thing here in the auditorium. And I do know that we have small groups outside of this building that meet. But it's very different than what it looked like 30 years ago or 40 years ago. And Wednesday night, you know, we have people that come in and, and drop their kids off and go do something else and come back and pick up their kids we have kind of missed the mark some on some of that, haven't we? Touching on their needs. And those are ideas that we need to see how we enhance that or change that to make it better. What else, Ed? The question uh, is, it's that there, what energizes the leadership? Uh-huh. Yes, sir. Uh, I think we're always looking for what will everybody buy into. So we kind of need to keep that in mind. Is, is what is it that we need to do that we all need to do together? I love that because that's what we're after. It seems like we get caught up sometimes as a leadership, and Ed, of course, is very familiar with this, putting out fires. We tend to spend all our time putting out all these little fires that are going on and we forget to dream about what we need to be doing to involve everybody else. Fraka? You bet. Singles for different ages. We've kind of missed the mark on that, haven't we? You know, we start a singles group 
And uh, this has come up in the elders' meetings before. We've started singles groups before, and before long, they all end up marrying each other, and they're not single anymore. That's happened to the younger ones. Now, the older ones, they don't normally get married to each other, but you're right. We have missed the mark on the singles ministry, haven't we? And we have a tremendous amount of widows and widowers here at Johnson Street that we have just tried to filter into the regular classroom and said, cope with it, deal with it, be a part of it. I know Ed does a thing every Christmas where he invites uh, singles again out to his house, but that's one night a year. We had a 39ers group that was pretty active for a while. It seems like that's slipped. So you're right. We need to focus on that, and we need to get better at it. Well, we need to do something with it. What else? It was brought to my attention last week, and, and this is something that has been on the mind of our leadership for quite a while, is our Hispanic ministry. Do we have a Hispanic ministry here? We do. Uh, it's dwindled. Dwindled, but it's still, here. it's still here. And it's holding on by a thread. But what can we do to enhance that part? Because if you look at the dynamics of San Angelo, how many Hispanics live here now? What's the population ratio? It's grown tremendously in the last several years. We talked when we started that 80% of the people in San Angelo are unchurched or don't go to church. How many of that group are Hispanic that we're not touching on? We had not even touched the tip of the iceberg on that one. We don't have lessons in Spanish other than in the chapel with a small group. And participating. Kind of, uh, in and right. Our small mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and they're not separate, but yet we have separated them some. But are, is there more that we can do? Certainly. Certainly. In fact, Gerald and I are going to meet after the first of the year in uh, my office and talk about some of that we've met before and visited about some of it but we're gonna we've already got plans that after the first year we're going to get together again and and visit about 
some things that we can do and some things that need to be done. Yeah, Mary. Yes. Uh huh. Right. Okay. Right. Things that, that actually translate for them. And, and there are a lot of resources out there today that we're not tapping into. And a lot of those we just simply don't even think about. It's hard for me to realize that not everybody in this room understands everything that I'm saying. It's hard for me to understand that. I dealt with it in the classroom because we had uh, ESL, English as a Second Language, and we had a lot of those kiddos that would come in, but they just blended in with the rest of us. And for a long time, they would sit there and may not understand the thing that was going on. And we just assumed that they were getting everything until it was brought to our attention, until we started intentionally doing something, which Maria Gonzalez was a big part of. When we started intentionally making efforts to change that, look at what doors we have opened now. Look at the things that have changed. Right. Right. Yes. Exactly. Oh, I agree. I agree. Yes. And, and there's, again, 
I think it goes back to what Don said a while ago. Part of it is awareness, just making ourselves aware and consciously aware of what's going on and what we have here. Because a lot of times we don't think about things until somebody says something. And a lot of times that's too late. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Right. There, there are probably several explanations. I don't have an answer to that. And, and I'm with you. I pray over that also because... We have tended for so long in this society to be segregated, and integration has been a very difficult task. But historically, that was a problem even with the Jews. They could not accept the Gentiles, and, and you know, it was, uh, it, it's carried on. At some point, we have to say, enough. Enough. Exactly. Exactly. Let's finish this quick. Hang on. Every one of us in this room have been commissioned to do something. To go out and seek and save the lost, for one. We've all been commissioned to do that. And we all can wear the title of minister when you look at that because that's what we're bred to do. That's what we're designed to do is to go out and seek and save the lost. Let's finish this statement up and we'll try to finish the class up. Our church exists to glorify God and to make disciples by what? Let me repeat that. Our church exists to glorify God and to make disciples by by being examples. Well, that's we're we're com- commissioned to do that in the Bible also. To reach out after others. What else? To create opportunities, as Ed said earlier, for us to come together and to get all on one ship and all on one deck and go in one direction. What else? Now's the time to dream and to think 
and to look. And when we come together in January and February, we're going to be exploring what we picked out from all these discussions as the most powerful things. There will be something that appeals to you. And I strongly suggest that you go and seek out how to become better at it. How can we be the best that we can be? How can we do the things that God wants us to do in a world that is so opposed to it, who sees us as being so different, but yet that hasn't changed over time? Jesus was considered an oddball. He was considered a person that nobody other than a small group of people around him believed in. And look at what he did. And he says, be like me. We talked about what we can do. We talked about where we're at. We're going to talk about where we're going. Our vision has not changed at Johnson Street. For many years, we've had certain visions. Our vision has not changed. But I'm telling you, we're going to enhance that vision to be more clear on what direction we want to go. And that is in the process. You have an eldership that is dedicated to that process. And we are going to define, focus, whatever we have to do to make it clear of what our job is. I want to mention one thing that has been revived here lately before we pray and leave. And that is our, our ministry that is taking communion to people on Sunday. We've got a small group of people here at Johnson Street that take communion each week to different folks out here that are shut in that cannot come. That has changed many people's lives, including those that are taking that communion there. What a powerful thing that has meant. But what a powerful thing for those recipients to look forward each week to somebody coming in. It's a simple thing to do. It takes about an hour's time. If you have any desire to be a part of that, visit with Nancy Dunlap. Visit with the people that are doing it now, and we'll find a place for you to work it in. Let's pray. Lord, you have opened our eyes. You have taken some of the blinders off so that we might be able to see a little clearer. But Lord, we ask that you uh, give the leadership and the people of this congregation, the folks, the members of this congregation, the desire to seek more, to seek truth in everything that we do, to be clear about our vision, to be able to tell others, this is what we are doing. This is what we want you to be a part of. And God, help all of those things to do nothing but enhance and glorify your kingdom here in San Angelo, your kingdom here at Johnson Street, and the influence that we can have, not only on others outside, but on ourselves as we try to live according to your will. 
Help us, Lord, as we go from this place. Help us as we grow in our discipleship. And help us as we love you more each day. In Jesus' name, amen.